There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. We are back for another episode. I could never be back to back. We had an episode yesterday. We're usually once a week here on the Popcorn Talk, but guess what? It's the beginning of the year. Everybody needs more motivation. How are your resolutions doing? Mine, they could use some work. If yours needs some work, guess what? You're in the right place because this show is all about motivation, all about inspiration, and helping you realize that the people who you see on your TV screens, you listen to their music, you see them in concert, their successful lives, they've grinded, they've worked, they've persevered, and we help you show you exactly what they've been through. And today's guest is no difference. Her journey, incredible, and the things that she's achieved. And we're going to just break down exactly what her rise success was. But again, thank you for joining us here on the Popcorn and Talk. Yesterday's episode was great. I want to shout out uh, Deadline, Up Rocks, Daily Mail, all picked it up. We had an interview with Richard Schiff, an actor. You can find that on YouTube. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Go over there if you got some time. I know our guest today actually did some research and listened to the podcast. He's a big podcast person. But as we know, before every show, we do a little advice for a better life. And today's advice deals with the problems that you see that you might think are so greater than what they are. And I use the example of a car going 100 miles an hour and a car going zero miles an hour. Sometimes the difference is just one part. If you've ever had car issues, sometimes it's just one thing can stop a car from going 100 miles an hour to zero. And when it happens, you're like, oh, there must be like nine things wrong, when it could just be one thing. So if you're going on in life and you're like, things are not working, there must just be a bunch of different things that I need to change, maybe it's just one thing. Maybe it's just one small little part that you need to fix, and then you're going to take off. So there's your motivation, some advice for a better life to start the, start the day. Today's guest might be the smartest guest we've ever had. And you'll find that out when we talk about her story. She is currently on Arrow on the CW, which is currently playing. She's also lead in Shadowhunters, which comes back here just in a couple weeks. So many fans I know in the live chat are so excited. Please welcome Kat McNamara. Hello. How are you doing? Thank you, first, for showing up. Thank you for coming prepared and for actually listening to the show which is incredible. Of course. I love podcasts. It's because I'm always in my car or on an mm-hmm. airplane or something or on set. And it's it's so nice to have something to listen to. Or if I'm at the gym, I get mm. sick of listening to the same music yep. over and over again. Yep. Uh, I can only listen. I mean, I love Hamilton, but the, it, I can't listen to the songs on repeat for more than a few <laughs> times before I start to sing along in the gym. And then people start looking at you funny. <laughs> and then it's just not a good thing. So yeah. podcasts keep me looking yep. somewhat sane. And I think you're very, like I, I saw yesterday your Instagram story, you posted like a motivational quote. I think you're very motivational and like all about, you know, inspiration and that kind of lifestyle. I try. Well, it's something that I realized being on a show that has an audience that's a bit younger Mm -hmm. for for some of it, at least. I see a lot of young people on my social media. I get a lot of questions about advice and what motivates me. And so I, I said to myself a few months ago, I said, if I can take 
five seconds on my Monday morning or sometimes Monday evening if the Golden Globes were Sunday <laughs> um, and post a quote that inspires me, yeah. that gets me out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. and just puts a smile on my face. Why not? If yeah. it brightens somebody's day. And it's so easy, too. It's, just, yeah. it, it's something that's simple and I think sometimes we overthink about maybe the content that we put out on social media and it's like, just post a tweet, retweet something. Yeah. It's it's so easy. A hundred percent. And if I can put a little bit of positivity out mm. into a world, out into the, the social media verse that has so much negativity already it's, it makes Love it all it. worthwhile and i always say if you end your day having helped just one person that day is a success it's true well and i've seen it too mm-hmm. because i i can't tell you i do these comic cons all over the world where I, I have the wonderful opportunity to meet a lot of these fans in person and talk to them and they'll bring me letters sometimes they'll bring me different little things or they'll say hey i love the monday motivation but a few have actually made me little flip books of motivational quotes wow. or I even have a jar that's labeled Monday motivation that has a bunch of slips of paper with quotes on it inside that they've made for me. And it's, it's just so wonderful to see those come back around or they make a, they make a fan book for every comic con of all the quotes and stories mm-hmm. and favorite scenes and stuff. And there's a section in every fan book that I get that's Monday motivation quotes. And I just think it's so neat that something that takes five seconds for me yeah. actually affects somebody. That's awesome. And I know we have so many fans, hundreds of people right now in the chat, which if you guys have questions, shoot them on here. I'll try to work them in. We're all about that on that show being engaged. And obviously this is for you guys. The reason we do this show is for you. It's a free show. We're not charging you anything. We want to be able to give you some inspiration and some positivity. And while you're on social media, make sure that you follow Kat at Kat underscore McNamara on Twitter at Kat dot McNamara on Instagram. You can follow me at the only MC and of course pop. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Corn Talk at the Popcorn Talk. Underscore versus the dot on Twitter, Instagram. What's the story here? So the story is I got Twitter before I got Instagram. And I had made the Twitter for work. It happened. Then when I finally, my friends finally convinced me to make an Instagram, it was actually something else for years. It was Kit Kat's Meow because Mm, Kat underscore McNamara was taken and I just wanted to do something silly. I was 16. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But then recently I went, you know, I'm in my 20s now. I should probably have an Instagram handle. professional. Yeah, Exactly. So, it, you know, cat underscore McNamara was still taken, but we were able to get cat dot McNamara. Now, is cat underscore Ma- is that a fan account? Did someone? No, it's not. Act- it's it's just a person really? who that happens to be their Instagram name, and I didn't want to take it. It's someone's private account, and I didn't mm. want to say, "Hey, yeah. I'm an actor. I hey, need do you your know who I am? Account. Yeah, no, no way. Mm-hmm. So, so I went for the dot McNamara. You're on air right now, and obviously, Shadowhunters. Now, both of those fan bases are amazing. Uh, and they follow the characters so much, both on and off the show. How are those fan bases different and the same? I mean, what have you seen since joining Arrow comparing the two? Yeah, I mean, what I love in general about these sort of fan bases that are all based on source material or, or these sci-fi fantasy shows that have such a, a strong following is that people actually really care. 
So often as an actor, you'll put something out into the world that you pour your heart and soul into. And, you know, people might watch it once or Mm -hmm. go, oh, that's interesting. But these people are so invested. They watch it over and over again, and they think about it. And the amount of conversations I've had where I've learned more than the person I'm speaking to (laughs) about the show and the character. And, you know, it's changed my perspective completely on these things. And it's it's I'm really grateful because, you know, we pour blood, sweat, and tears into making these things. And the fact that it it makes someone happy out there and they really are invested Mm -hmm. and care about it, it's fantastic. And that gets back to the... Everyone, we're saying, oh, it's easy to retweet someone. It's easy to to do the same in reverse, too. Mm -hmm. If you really enjoy someone... Let them know on Twitter. Let them know. We're actors. We have a lot of insecurities. It really (laughs) makes us feel good if you say, hey, I like that. Good job. (laughs) Were you you a superhero fan before Arrow? I mean, were you involved in the comic universe? I've always been a fan of it. I didn't ever know a lot about it. Um, I had seen a few episodes of Arrow. I had seen little bits of of all these different things. And, of course, being someone who's been to Comic-Con a few years Mm -hmm. in a row now, I've seen it, and I've seen the frenzy, and I've learned about it. But the fandoms are very, they're very different, and they're very much the same. They care about different things, but ultimately it's the heart of them that has that core that carries mm-hmm. through no matter what. And the the thing that I will give them the most credit for, I was really nervous about announcing that I was going over to Arrow because I didn't want the Shadowhunters fans to feel oh, as though I was abandoning jealous them. Jealous or, yeah, comparison. Exactly. But they've come together. They go, oh, great, now there's more we get to watch and there's more oh, fandom awesome. and we can bring everybody over and cross-pollinate. And it's been fantastic. Now, your character in Arrow, we have a picture here. I think it's a picture we're about to bring up. I mean, oh, you're... Yeah. You're B.A. in this. Like, <laughs> the fight scene where this is, where you're, like, in a cage? Yeah. What was that day like, Phil? How do you even get in, like, <laughs> that training shape and to know what you're doing? Well, I'm very lucky, given that on Shadowhunters, we had amazing stunt coordinators okay. and trainers who trained on their off time and on our off time. So I would train three to five times a week with these world-class martial artists during Shadowhunters. So I've had a few years mm-hmm. of this kind of training and now moving on to Arrow, I'm so excited because I get to continue that. So nice. most of that fight was me aside mm-hmm. from a few of the tricks and things that yep. for insurance purposes they won't let me do. <laughs> um, but it was so fantastic to be able to actually show up for my first episode and do my own fight scene and do all of that. But it did it did make me chuckle because they said it was a cage fight. In the script, it says cage fight. Okay. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, an MMA cage, I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, like a boxing ring sort of a thing. No, no, I show up on set. It's a full-on rebar cage. <sighs> and I went, oh, that's interesting. But sure, <laughs> why not? It was really fun. Because it, it provided, you know, when you have an environment that's so immersive, it provides so much more to do. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, the first thing I do now in the scene is I jump up on the ceiling and boot yeah. the guy in the chest. Yeah. That wasn't in the script. That wasn't in the choreography. But when we got to set, we looked at it and went, oh, we can do that. Let's do that. Let's add that in as the first time you see her be, you know, her booting a big tall guy in the chest. <laughs> It's an incredible scene. It really is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Now, your character is in the flash forwards, uh, and so we haven't learned exactly who your new character is or who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. What can fans, I mean, a lot of people are asking in the chat, what can fans <laughs> expect? Well, there's a lot of speculation, um, okay. and the hardest part about being a part of Arrow so far has been all the secrets, Yep. Uh, because I have many that I'm not allowed to share, and I'm dying to, but I'm very good at keeping okay. secrets, so they have Dang nothing it. to worry about. My employers don't don't sweat. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's a very exciting character because there is so much to mine out of her, and she is someone unlike Clary, my character on Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. She, you know, Clary is someone who was wide eyed, thrown into this world, having to figure it out. My character here is 
grown up in this world. She's a product of that mm-hmm. harsh, brutal environment. And she's very much one that will punch first and ask questions later. And one who is not to be underestimated. And someone who has a lot of issues of her own to work through. Mm. Um, but she's she's a very interesting person. And it's, it's great to be a part of now this future storyline team, which is an amalgamation of new characters, new characters that have grown up, and an amalgamation of some of the old characters, too. You know, I just got to work with Colton Haynes for the first time, mm-hmm. who I know is a fan favorite and a personal favorite. He's a fantastic human being awesome. that I'm so excited that I, I get to spend time with. And it's it's been... And Juliana, as well, who um, is just fantastic. It's, it's nice to be welcomed into a show in, with, mm-hmm. in such a warm way, mm-hmm. uh, given that they're in their seventh season. Yeah, and they're they, very well they're easily, they were a very established group and very tight-knit, and to be able to welcome you in, that's fantastic. That's true, and I, I have to give the biggest credit to, I haven't met everyone yet, but one of my first experiences on the Arrow set, I went up for some meetings and fittings and such, mm-hmm. and uh, I happened to be in the hair and makeup trailer. It was, they had they had this episode that was basically a big fight scene. Okay. Um, Top to bottom, Stephen was getting his butt kicked from the beginning to the end, and kicking butt from the beginning to the end of the episode. Not easy to shoot, I know, from doing that on Shadowhunters. And it was one of those days. He stepped in the hair and makeup trailer for something else, stopped everything, jumped out of his chair, came over, said hello to me, really made sure I felt welcome. And that's been sort of the best example of... My entire experience on mm-hmm. Arrow, and and I just it's such a nice thing to be the new kid, but to feel as though I belong. Yeah, and I'm sure you, you will take that now and do the exact same on your next project or on Shadowhunters, whoever's 100%. coming in. Like, yeah, that, well, that's what I used to do on yeah. Shadowhunters all the time. I was not only working, but I was playing host mm-hmm. to our guest stars, our directors, or anyone who was coming in and out of the show. And it's it's so nice to have that come back and and to really understand what that means to a person. Now, one of the questions uh, questions for Era that people were having: I, How old is your character compared to the other characters in the Flash Forwards? Because I guess yeah. it, it's a little tricky of uh, adult kid what i mean what it so i've been told that i'm i think between it's they haven't told me an exact age i know i'm between 19 and like 23 i think okay so i don't know where exactly i fall but i know i'm playing my age now which is awesome (laughs) (laughs) you know being someone who's been playing 18 for the last four years Mm -hmm. it's really awesome to play my age um not that playing 18 is a bad thing nope nope but it's uh, it's cool. It's the first time in my career, I think, that I've actually played my own age. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Good yeah, for it's you. fun. It's fun. Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. We're a number of weeks. I know. Till it's coming back. I know. It's what so it, what is the energy? I mean, what are you feeling right now well, going into it being the last section? It's very bittersweet, all of it. This entire this entire, you know, section of Shadowhunters for me has been bittersweet because it is it's the beginning of our last twelve episodes mm-hmm. and they're our best episodes we've ever done. The show has finally found its voice, and it's it's so rich and it's so wonderful. Um, it's also exciting because we can finally talk about it again. And there's I have so much behind the scenes content, so much I'm dying to hear what people have to say. We shot season three B over a year or a year ago now. Wow. I was shooting the first few episodes of three B a year ago now. So it's been wow. so long, and we've been dying to talk about all this and share the photos and hear what people think. Normally, it's not as much time mm-hmm. for us, um, but it makes it really exciting. I mean, also, I'm currently dead on the show, so it'll be nice <laughs> to be able to actually say something other than, well, I'm dead, but I'm in the episode, so check that out. 
Are you are the main characters? Are you talking now of real? Like you're saying, you have that feeling of man. We can finally say something. We can finally be able to realize that this is coming out. Is there a group chat on the, on texting, or that you guys are like, oh my goodness, this many days? Like we can finally, it's finally going to come yeah. out. Or it's finally going to happen. Well, we definitely have a group chat. Okay. We have since season one, um, which has been a nice way to sort of share the experience and go through both the craziness and the fun together. <laughs> um, also, you know, the guys will get on a joking rant and start getting on each other and in the funniest way and riding on each other's jokes. So I'll come out of a movie and have 253 <laughs> notifications. But, you know, it's fine. It's great. It gives me a little bit of a yep. comedy script to read on the way home. Um, no, but it's it's really fun. We're, we're definitely trying to plan some really cool ways to involve the fans and live tweet and, and really make this special for all of us. What can fans... I mean, 12 more episodes. Mm-hmm. What can fans expect in that... Tw- I mean, e- emotion, is it going to yeah. be an emotional roller coaster? Oh, 100%. It- I mean, okay. Shadowhunters is always emotional. We, we always would joke whenever our characters would get into a situation where they're actually happy or something good is happening in their lives. We go, okay, I don't believe this. I can't. This can't last. When are things <laughs> going to go horribly wrong? Because it, nothing's ever happy for too long in the shadow world. But that's why we love it. Because these characters work through it and they get through it together. But um, what can I say? I can say... Expect the unexpected, I guess is the best okay. way to put it. Anything that you think you can count on, anything you think you're sure of, anything that you think is solid and set in stone will get turned on its head, will get ripped away from you, will get mm-hmm. turned upside down. Um, we all recently got to see the last two episodes, the se- the series finale, and it is – it's emotional. I'll tell you that. The entire season 3B is emotional and interesting. We do a lot of very different things. We push the envelope. Clary, for sure, is different than we've ever seen her before. And it's so exciting to, to a character that you know has been so well-established to really turn her on her head and go, all right, this is the complete other side of it. Did you. you watch it by yourself, or were you watching it with other people? So we watched uh, the series finale with uh, Todd and Darren, our showrunners, and a few of the other creatives, because it, it was the music mix. So okay. they were mixing in different levels of okay. sound and music and effects and stuff. And uh, Emerald, Luke, myself, Dom were all there. Harry was there. I think that was everyone. There was, there was a whole group of us that got together to watch it, whoever mm. was in town and available. And it made it really special. Mm. It's a lot of fun. We awesome. were all crying together. It's great. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> question from Hannah in the chat. How do you feel when you're a shadow hunter? Like when you're in that character? It's really amazing because the sets are so immersive and the wardrobe and everything else. And you really do get to feel like a badass, especially during the fight scenes. And, you know, one of my favorite things that we shot on the show was at the end of season two, there's this massive book moment that happens that, you know, we pulled it almost directly from the books. And myself and Dom... Sherwood, who plays Jace, and Alan Van Sprang, who played Valentine on the show, had been building up this moment for two and a half, three years on the show, and we finally got to play it out, and it's this big epic fight scene, and we're dying, and this Dom's (laughs) dead on the beach, and then he comes back, and this whole big epic thing, and we're crying for ten hours straight, (laughs) and we're covered in mud because it happened to rain that morning, and it's just, it's a whole production, but it's one of those days where you know 100%, oops, there goes everything. You're good. You know 100% that you have left every Mm. bit of yourself Mm -hmm. on that set. And I give huge credit to our crew because they created an environment for us that they could just set up what they needed to and leave us alone to create the story in that space and really live it. And it's, you feel badass. You feel as though you're a part of that person. You know, playing Mm -hmm. Clary for almost four years, I know her almost better than I know myself. Wow. And it's, 
it's such an interesting experience, but it allows for so much more fun when you can get into the nuance of a character once you know the basics. How have you grown over the last four years of playing and acting, even in general, <laughs> just that character, but then your growth as an actor, your growth in life over yeah. the last four years? Well, how, how long do we have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, because I, I was 19 when I started yeah. Shadowhunters, and now I'm in my mid-20s, and it's it's so interesting looking at that transitional part of your life and going, it's really bookended by Shadowhunters. I, I say that I grew up on that show, and I, I feel so lucky to be surrounded by that particular cast and crew and team of creatives, just given that they're not only such a, a diverse variety of people with different experiences and different bases of knowledge and personalities, but also people who are incredible artists and, and incredibly ambitious, but also wonderful human beings. So, you know, getting to, to, to be surrounded by those sort of influences was the best thing for me. And uh, I, I grew creatively. I grew as a person. I gained confidence in speaking up for myself and, mm -hmm. and finding who I am and figuring out who that person is, as well as stepping out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. it's, it was a, akin to having five big brothers all the time. So mm -hmm. I, they, I got pushed to step outside of my comfort zone all the time, and I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> I'm so thankful to have been corrupted a little bit in the best <laughs> possible way. Um, Not was, too much, just the right amount it, of corruption. Truly, just the right amount. I, I was a bit of a square when I started Shadowhunters, and I, I, you know, I, grew, I grew into myself a little bit, I feel. Did you, someone says, uh, did you learn what you were playing or did you, where, where did you learn that you were playing Clary? I mean, oh, this is actually an interesting story. Um, they were, as they were casting Shadowhunters, because the fan base already existed from the book series, they were tweeting it out and they were sort of making it a thing for the fans to get people mm -hmm. excited. And so they, they said that they would be announcing Clary in two hours on, on their Twitter account. And I still hadn't heard anything. And I knew it was between me and one other actress, and I went, oh, well, I guess it's not me then, yeah, I because I didn't hear anything, and uh, I guess I'll move on. And I was really gutted, because I'd fought really hard through several rounds, and it had been almost six months of casting, and you get attached by that point, you know? For sure. And Dom and I were friends beforehand, so knowing that he was in the project, I really wanted to work with a friend and all this. And um, then I get a call about ten minutes later from my manager saying, hey, they haven't said anything to anyone yet. Hold on. Just hang tight. So I'm going, huh? And then I'm watching Twitter as who is Clary is trending and all of these things are happening. Things are exploding. Speculation what? is going left, right, and center. And it, it's almost down to the wire. And I get a phone call 10 minutes before the two hours is up. And then they tell me. They go, congratulations. You are playing Clary. It's going to go live on Twitter in 10 minutes. You know, here we go. Get ready. And I, I, I start, I'm speechless. I'm kind of catatonic in a sense because it, I, it hits me that in 10 minutes, this fandom that is so passionate and it's is going crazy, cool. they're all going to know that it's me. And I'm just praying that they approve and that they like me. And that, you know, it's a thing of, I hope they like wow. me. I really did. I was very concerned. And uh, I couldn't have been given a warmer welcome by the fandom. And I'm so grateful that I, I literally couldn't use my phone for about four hours. Because, of course, I was it's... silly. I didn't have my notifications turned <laughs> off. I didn't know what I was doing. So not only am I getting calls and texts from friends and family, ding, 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 ding. my Twitter and Instagram are just an explosion of the yep. shadow fam and yep. little did I know that it would become one of my my 
it would become my community online, really. All yeah. of these wonderful people that were saying hello and welcome. Yeah, and it's your family for life, too. Oh, 100%. Because the, yeah. that's has to be an amazing feeling. It really is. And this is the thing that I keep telling the Shadow fam and our, our wonderful fandom out there, is that even if there are no more episodes of the show, even if... You know, we never see another episode of Shadowhunters that's new, even even though the show is going its way. This community that they've created, this this little microcosm, or it's bigger than a microcosm now, of of people that feel as though they have a place where they're accepted and where they can share their experience and their thoughts and their opinions. And and I've seen people make friends across the globe because of this this fandom. That doesn't have to end. That can keep mm-hmm. growing. This beacon of positivity on social media and in the world can continue to exist and, and should because it's something that's so special and mm-hmm. so important. After these 12 episodes, I mean, do you think that at some point it will be brought back? It will be rebooted? Do you think in the years to come, would you like to be part of something like that? I mean, I mean, whether or not it will is above my pay grade, okay. and I, I don't have the authority or the knowledge to properly speak she about it. She has a it. lot of power, folks, but not that much. Not that much. Uh, most of my power is on TV, thanks to folks VFX <laughs> and the wonderful team at Shadowhunters. Um, but no, it's I would love to. Honestly, mm-hmm. this this team is family, and mm-hmm. they, they mean the world to me from the cast crew creatives to the fandom i would go back to play clary in a heartbeat mm. happily love it way before you became Clary, way before you moved to la lee's summit missouri tell 100%. me about lee's summit missouri well this is the thing about missouri it's... Ooh, I, lo- I love it right away <laughs> it wasn't missouri it was here's the thing about missouri yes love it's... it it's a wonderful place to grow up mm-hmm. it really it, they are the best people you know they're mm. they're Salt of the earth, yep. Midwesterners, yep. Midwestern. just the biggest hearts. You know, they will give you the shirt off their back if you need something. Mm-hmm. They will sit with you at the grocery store and have mm-hmm. a two-hour conversation, even if you're a stranger. Yep. But it's, you know, it's flat, and there's corn and cows. <laughs> the best barbecue is from Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. I will fight you on She's it. She's holding to it. I will. But uh, that's... That's Missouri, and that's where I grew up, and I'm so thankful to have grown up in such a grounded place, Mm -hmm. because now my life is just insane, and I'm on an airplane every other week, and I'm flying to some other random (laughs) corner of the world and doing something, or, you know, fighting with swords in the middle of the woods, or, you know, doing something insane, Uh, or on the red carpet at the Golden Globes, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. My life continues to surprise me, but having that foundation is everything to me. Did you realize, because we teased at the top of the show, that you brought possibly the smartest guest we've ever had on here. And the reason, and I, I read, you graduated from high school at 14? Yeah. And then you got your degree at 17? Yeah. At what age did you realize <laughs> that you're going to graduate at 14? Because that's not like, hey, I just turned 13. I feel like I'm going to graduate in a year. Like, at what point are you on that path? Of graduating at 14. So here's the thing. I come from a family of science and medical professionals. Okay. Um, so I have a very intelligent family in a way that I'm not intelligent. I can understand science, but it's not my thing at yeah. all. Never has been. Math was my thing. Numbers, economics. I wanted to go into finance before I was mm. an actor. I probably would have ended up in developmental economics. Long story short, that's a that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole that's next time. But I have to give the biggest shout out to my preschool teacher, Miss Vicky, who I'm still friends with to this day. She pulled me aside when I was three and saw that I had this voracious hunger for knowledge and learning, and I really loved it. And so she made it fun for me. 
and she took me aside and said, hey, you should read this, and you should do this math, and you should do all of this, to the point where I was doing multiplication and division and reading chapter books by the time I was six. I also decided that I wanted to learn how to read when I was two and a half, and I took it upon myself to tell my what? mother that I wanted to do Hooked on Phonics and learn how to read. As most two and a half year olds <laughs> do. It's a normal thing. I was a very strange child. Yeah. I still am. But that's, you know, that's why I'm an actor, because I never want to grow up. My mom, who's a, a research scientist, she also raised me very Socratically, to the point where instead of me going, Mommy, why is the sky blue? She goes, hey, Catherine, um, why do you think the sky is blue? <laughs> And I would have to try to figure it out. <laughs> so that that all of that together sort of creates the reason why I I was homeschooled as well. Yep. So I, I did online and accredited uh, correspondence programs before mm-hmm. online schooling. Back in the day when we had dial-up and desktop computers, I was doing correspondence schooling through the snail mail. Wow. Um, but I was allowed to go at my own pace, and that was kind of the biggest gift, because then I, I did all of my academics at home, and then went to school and did art and music and PE and recess, field trips, before and after school activities. So the, the actual school was fun for me. That was all the, the that fun That was all the great happened. stuff. That was playtime. Yeah. And then at home was when I did all of my academics, but I was, I was always taught and shown that learning was something fun and that it was a discovery and a way to to open up new worlds that you didn't even know or maybe you couldn't go to because you're in Missouri but mm-hmm. I could learn about them mm-hmm. and that was always fascinating to me and so I'm I'm a perpetual student now oh, and nice. I, I didn't even mean to graduate high school they, my guidance counselor just said oh by the way you're done after this and I went huh how how what I don't wait I don't want to <laughs> how I'm Fourteen I'm years 14. old. I don't want to stop going. I'm to not school ready to be now. an adult. I have so much more to learn. <laughs> uh, but then I, w- I was able to go into university and, and get my business degree wow. and do things that way as well. And now you're getting your your masters or your pursuing. I'm working any, on my masters on right now. It was going to be in applied economics, but there, it's it's difficult. There's so many online programs now through amazing schools. I'm at Johns Hopkins mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. So many amazing schools that have programs for people that are working full-time because the way our generation is everybody's doing one two three four five things exactly so we have to be a little more flexible in the way that we can do schooling and technology is now at a point where we can do that effectively and uh i'm in a literature program now which is fantastic and Mm -hmm. i i love it because i figured you know if i i've never done anything educationally creative so I thought, if I'm going to be telling stories for the rest of my life, I might as well know how stories have yep. been told and what the devices are and, and what has been done and what could be done. Smart. I think, I, I, thought, I thought it was an interesting I idea. I thought it was all right. And I love reading and analyzing literature. So there you go. I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, but actually, I was really thrilled to have done my business degree online correspondence as well because I was working with different students that you know, we're from every different industry. So I was learning about these general concepts of business, but then in our discussion boards, it was being discussed from so many different perspectives that I got such a more real world idea of all of these topics. Wow. So why acting then over Ooh. applied economics? Which again, you were like, applied it. Well, it's difficult because, and you could have just left it at it's difficult. I'm sure 85% of the people in the chat, applied economics, it's difficult. That. Works for us. Yeah. Well, I would have loved it, but logistically, the program I was in, I would have never been able to finish with my work schedule. It just, I couldn't, I physically could not have done it. So. So why acting? So why acting was an accident. Acting was a complete accident for me. 
I want I wanted to work in finance. I wanted to be an economic advisor. I wanted to do developmental economics. Numbers were my thing. Economics was the joy of my life. But I was also a ballet dancer and a softball player on the side. And uh, just as, as another thing I did. Uh, but I ran into a family friend who was directing a community theater show. And she said, hey, uh, I need a dancer in my show this summer. Do you want to come? I was, I think I was 12 okay. or something. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do something different for the summer. Yep. Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. New experience. I was the kid who would try anything. Uh, and I said, yeah, I have a week between science camp and Girl Scout camp. Sure. I'll go to a show. I fell in love with it. You know, they ha- you have these rare moments in life where you get a second of clarity in the craziness that happens. And I will never, it sounds so cheesy, but I'll never forget stepping on stage on opening night for the first time. It, I, I just stepped on stage, I felt the lights, I felt the energy of the audience, and something hit me like a brick wall that this is what I was put on this earth to do. I have to be a storyteller, I have to be an actor, I have to create characters, this is it for me. And I have never looked back. Was it then just dividing your time uh, of still going to school, still wanting to pursue economics, and still wanting to do acting? I mean, how did you balance those? So I went full tilt into acting. I mean, I still loved economics, and obviously I still took classes in that, et cetera. But I I sort of fell in love with, with all of that, and I, I said, okay, so I'm going to be an actor, so I'm going to go to school for acting. And, and actually, UMKC has a great acting program, even a master's of arts program, or an MFA program in acting. So that was what I was going to do. I also never thought I'd leave Kansas City. Because there's a massive theater community there. And, and the barbecue's so good. And the barbecue's so good. Why, Why you would you leave? leave? But, you, you know, there's, there's this incredible community. I always say I was artistically raised in the Kansas City theater community. So there's this group of people there that do it just for the love of the art. And that's something so rare these days. And there's these fantastic actors that, and producers and directors and, and designers that make these shows that should not be possible in the middle of the country, but somehow are. And I, I, it's this selfless you know, work ethic that I was raised in that I'm so appreciative of to mm-hmm. this day. But I thought, oh, I'll go to school, and then I'll work at the bank during the day, and then the bank closes at 5, so I can make it to my call time in the evening and do theater for the rest of my life. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Life didn't really turn out that way. Life does a, has a way of doing that. Yeah. So I was in, I was actually in the drama program at UMKC, and then I ended up working with a woman from New York who was in a show in Kansas City. She went off to do a Broadway show in New York. She went back to New York, and I get this random phone call saying, hey, there's an audition for you for this Broadway show in two days. Do you want it? And I said, huh? And apparently they needed an immediate replacement in this show. And she had said, oh, this girl from Kansas City would be great for it. I had such a good time working with her. You should call her. I'd never been to New York. So I went, okay, sure. I'll fly to New York for a day, see the city, do this audition, and then go home. Because, you know, I'm not going to book I'm it. I'm not going to get it. It's a Broadway show. No way. <laughs> So I do the audition, and then the call back later that day, and then 40 minutes later, I'm at LaGuardia getting ready to fly home, and I get this phone call. <laughs> hey, um, you booked it. Congratulations. Be in New York in a week, ready to stay for six months or more. And I went, oh, sure, uh, I guess. I'll move to New York for six months. But you can't really do an acting degree online. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things that the experience matters just a smidge. You kind of have to be there. So I, and the schools in New York, they won't let you work in the industry and go to school at the same time. 
in the drama mm. programs and things of this nature. So I went, well, I'm not going to quit the show I moved to New York to do. Yeah. I'm not going to stop going to school because I'm 14. So what do I do? And I asked the, the rest of the cast in my show, and they said, well, you're already doing this. Yeah. You're already doing what people would go to school to do. Mm-hmm. So go back to economics. Go back to business. Round yourself out as a person. And I'm so thankful I did. Because now I can read my contracts. I can manage my business from an economic and a, and a business perspective, mm-hmm. you know, from the perspective of, of a CEO, per mm-hmm. se, mm-hmm. as opposed to just a creative yeah. person, which is really helpful because sometimes oh, the decisions are not Especially easy. Especially in today's industry. Of there's true. so much of having control and being able to know the ins and outs of an industry versus just being a talking face. Oh, 100%. My attorney doesn't always love it because every contract I have 20 questions, but (laughs) I'm so thankful to have an attorney who's willing to actually teach me and answer all of my questions. You're one of the people who have, you have the Nike attitude. And I say (laughs) that, and this is something that has hit me the last several months. People have the Nike attitude of, you just do it. Yeah. Like something like this happens and instead of overthinking it or being like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I go? You just do it. Yeah. That's something that I think a lot of people understand is they see the lives of people and say, how do you do? I see you doing these things. How do you do it? Well, y- you do it. You just say yes. You know, that's, that's been something that I have to continually remind myself of in life is you just be open to whatever comes your way. And you just try not to plan too much. You dream, you hope, mm-hmm. you, you figure out what you want for your life. But I never try and plan too specifically for anything because I've found that life has a funny way of throwing things at you, throwing what you want at you if you're open to it, but it's often mm-hmm. in a way that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And if you're open to saying yes to things that come your way in life, you're open to any opportunities, to anything, to anything yeah. that could yes. spawn something else that takes you on a path you might mm-hmm. never expect, but might be the most wonderful thing ever. What would the 11-year-old, 12-year-old cat say to you right now, looking at what the last 10, 11, 12, 13 <laughs> years have been for you? Uh, holy cow, probably, <laughs> would be the first thing out of my mouth. Um, Supr- would it, would that year old cat be surprised? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. When I was 11 or 12, I thought I was going to be an economist. I thought I was going to be, you know, the next Alan Greenspan or something, let alone what I'm doing now. My life is completely different than I ever imagined it would be. But I'm so thankful. And I, I also have to give huge credit to my mom and my grandparents because they, not only did they support me through all of this and and just encourage me to Mm -hmm. say yes to these things and move me to New York and move me to LA and help me out with, you know, the logistics of everything, which can be so difficult. But they also raised me in in a way to make everything in life fun and to make everything, sure, why not? To make it a game and just go, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. Is this, is it complicated? Maybe. Is it possible? Yeah, I bet somehow. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it Mm -hmm. out. Uh, and I don't know if that's the Midwestern attitude or if that's just my, my weird bit. family, but that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Burnout can be real, though. And, yeah. and when you're doing so many things, you're doing the degrees, you're doing the acting, the softball on the side. Yes. Burnout can be real. How do you avoid that? Or have you experienced that before and then learned from it of doing too much? I think the closest thing I've ever experienced to it has been either a massive jet lag from flying <laughs> all over the world or, you know, it's something I learned on Shadowhunters, really. It, it, when you do 
13, 10, 20 episodes at a time of a show that's so physically, emotionally taxing, Mm -hmm. it can be draining. And Mm -hmm. you feel that wear and tear on yourself. But what I learned is to remind yourself of why you love it. To find the why. Why am I doing this in the first place? What is it that I love about it? And if you focus on the joy and you focus on on being thankful and finding that silver lining, that will carry you through. Mm-hmm. And that's what I continually do. And I, and I think <laughs> some people get annoyed with me because I always find the silver lining in every situation. I have friends that sometimes will go, just let me be upset. <laughs> just let me be angry about this for a minute. I want to be angry. I go, okay, well, you know, at least maybe you'll burn calories if you punch a pillow or something. <laughs> and they go, stop it. But um, that's that's how I get through life. You know, everybody goes through hard times in their life and things where they feel as though the world is crashing down mm-hmm. on them. And I've been through those times too. I've been, I've had things happen in my life where I think my world is crashing down around me. Career, personal? Both. Okay. And it's in those moments that I've chosen to go, you know what? Life is too short to let these things get in my way. Because I can choose to make this the end of the world. I can choose to make this the end of everything and to focus and to live in, and dwell in that darkness or I can choose to take action and to use this as a motivation or even if everything's gone to all hell use it as a fresh start and pick myself up Mm -hmm. again and start fresh because at least you can move forward is that a fear with shadow hunters coming in I mean four years of your life of having that and being like what's next? I mean, is that something that you face, that feeling? That it certainly thought? was, yeah. I can definitely tell you that as soon as I found out the show wasn't moving forward, I went, oh, I have, and I think this is, a, you know, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, this is something that I think a lot of actors feel, is that we are so subjective in our own careers that we go, oh, well, all right, uh, this job's over. Well, I guess that means I'm never going to work again. That was a nice career. Um, great, cool. I guess yeah. I'll do something else with my life. Um, I had been gone for almost four years from L.A. for the most part. I didn't think anybody mm-hmm. was going to, you know, remember me or know who the hell I was or, or even care. And I get back to L.A. and Arrow was the second audition that I went on wow. and I ended up booking it. I was, I was a little gutted because I'm one of those weird people that loves auditioning mm-hmm. and being on my toes and having to, you know, kind of fight for it a little bit. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I, I do well under pressure. Um, but, it, you know, it's one of those situations where it was the second audition I booked, so very quickly I went, oh, thank God, at least I have another job. <laughs> at least I have work for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it is something that goes through my head with those sort of things. But, again, I'm a firm believer in if it's meant to be yours, it will be. And if not, there's something else you're supposed to be doing. So just hang on because it will happen mm-hmm. somehow if it's meant mm-hmm. to. You live a very public life. Yes. I mean, we're on camera right now. You're probably right after this going to another place where you're going to be on camera. You have millions of followers on your social media. You're with these shows that have these amazing fans that are always wanting more, always needing more. How do you balance the professional life and the personal life? And is there moments that you wish you didn't have the fame and the publicity? There are moments where I wonder. I, I, I don't have it in a way that a lot of other people do. You know, the, the way that attention is on my life in a public way is, has always been very positive, and I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for that. Because I've seen people that I know go through it in a very negative way, and it's, it's hell on earth, basically, mm-hmm. for them. And it's no fun for anyone. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people 
can hate it eventually. I haven't gotten to that place yet, um, and I'm very thankful for that. But there are times where I wonder what it would be like, and there are certain times where I go, oh, well, yeah, you know, I wish I could do X, Y, or Z, but I can't because of the public life that I live. Mm -hmm. But equally, it's part of what I've chosen to do for Mm -hmm. a living. It's part of my job, especially in today's world, in the the world of social media and the fact that none of us really have privacy anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody has privacy. Uh, it's, It's just how it is. And so you just have to learn to accept it. I love my job, and this is part of it, so I'll take it. Um, but it's, I do definitely have a line between what I share publicly and what I don't. There are some things that I keep for myself and I'm, I'm conscious of that. And I think I have to be, people can get in the habit of living their life for social media. Mm -hmm. And there, there was a a very brief time in my life where I started to do that. I started to plan my day around what I could post. It's easy too. It's It's so easy. easy to do. And especially when social media platforms make it so easy. And so consciously I've kind of had to take a step back and go, okay, I will keep an eye out for opportunities, but I'm not going to live my life based around it. Where is that, where is that line? So fans, Stop asking her where she <laughs> says this line. Where is that line for you uh, of what you want out there, what you don't want to? I mean, uh, certain work things, relationships, friend. Yeah. Like, where? What do you want to stay private? I mean, it, it it's it's a very specific thing, and it's always situational. You okay. know, so I, I don't know if I can really quantify it specifically, but I think every person who does live a life like this has mm-hmm. to know where they stand. And there are times where I, I am about to post something or say something online and I go, wait, do I actually want to share that? Mm-hmm. Is that something that I want out there in the world? And sometimes it's, well, yeah, sure, why not? And sometimes it's, you know what, maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe not yet. And so it's you have to really be sure before you hit post. Even if you don't live a public life, yeah. You have to be sure before you put something on the internet because it doesn't go away. Take a minute. Take yeah. one minute, yeah. 60 seconds, and just be like, okay, put the here's the phone, mm-hmm. here's the post. Mm-hmm. All right. What will happen in a week, in two weeks? Will I regret this? Will it be worth the attention that it gets? Mm-hmm. I, you always have to have a friend, too, that you text to double-check mm-hmm. it. I'm very good at, at justifying anything. So I can convince myself or convince myself out of doing just about anything. Also, my gra- I, my grandparents just got Instagram. Wow. I helped them set up an Instagram over Christmas, so now I really have to be careful what I post on social <laughs> Did media. Did they want this, or was this you saying, Grams, you need to be on the gram? <laughs> I like yeah. the pun. I, I like the pun. I there. got it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was sort of a little bit of both. My cousins and I are all on Instagram, and my my okay. aunts and uncles are as well. And that's sort of how we keep in touch, especially because we're all spread out all over the world now that you know we've all been through university and we're all kind of figuring out where our lives are. For the first time, we're not as connected as we used to be. Mm-hmm. And Instagram helps us stay in touch more than we ever have. And I was telling my grandma about that because I knew things about my cousins that she was like, wait, I didn't know that. Or wait, let me look at that picture. And mm-hmm. I was showing them. And she goes, well, what? how do I look at these things? What? Do, how can I see that? Aww. And I went, well, grandma, I can help you set up an Instagram if you want. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And she's a watercolor artist, too. So that's she ran an ER for her whole career, but now she does watercolor mm-hmm. art. And uh, after we made her page, she goes, how would it post a picture of one of my paintings? 
And I was like, Grandma, here, oh, let's do awesome. it. It was the sweetest thing. That is amazing. Thing. But um, it's, it's great. I love having it there because I guess I just heard from my mom this morning and Apparently, my grandma really liked my dress that I wore this weekend, and she mm. was able to tell my mom oh. that without my mom sending her a picture. Now, was it, was it the th- cool. was ever the thought of creating a not public page or a, a, a different Instagram? Because you have your main public one that, mm-hmm. what is it, two and a half million, whatever it is. Was there ever the thought of, I'm going to create just a personal one? I mean, I know some people do that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? Have you ever done that to be able to do fan, keep up with uh, friends? And I haven't. I've thought about it. Okay. But I think it's just so much. I spend so much time on social media yeah. anyway. I really it's don't want to double. It's even more time on social media. <laughs> I, I don't want to double the amount of time I spend on my phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Instagram, I do, I follow a lot more accounts on Twitter than I do on Instagram. And I try and follow Instagrams that I actually know the people. Yeah. Um, I do I do look at the tagged section, though, because I love seeing the fan art and the fan edits and posts on Instagram. So keep tagging. I do. I love it. So tag away. Tweet at me. I love it. Um, so I will stalk fans on, on social media sometimes just to see what they're saying. They just posting. came out with, like, a new update where you can control. It sends you an alert, like, you can control the amount of time you have on Instagram. One of my friends just got it, yeah. and he was like, I can only do 30 minutes a day. And I was like, well, that's something I'm not doing. Wow. <laughs> like, I get the weekly report that says, oh, your screen time. <laughs> has increased by 26% this week. And I go, thank you so much. I really Where appreciate that. Where is the off that. button on that? I know. Well, also, I, I binge Netflix shows sometimes while I'm at the gym if I'm not listening to podcasts. So my screen time is not always accurate. <laughs> sometimes I'm actually doing stuff. Yeah. It's work, too. Yeah. It's work. Yeah. To- it's research, right? Re- oh, That's I what we call that. it. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. What goal do you have when you take a role? Do you Ooh. go in and say, oh, I want to do this in this role, or I want to represent it this way, or is there, an, is there a certain uh, way that you approach every role? There's different layers to this. Okay. So, so in general, yes. I mean, <laughs> my favorite scripts that I read are the ones that I read that scare me, that I go, I don't actually know if I can do that. I don't know if that's within my realm of of possibility. And then the Nike attitude kicks in. And then the Nike attitude kicks in, exactly, because then it pushes me to grow and to learn something. I think my biggest fear in life is stagnance and and not growing and not learning something. Mm -hmm. So any opportunity to push myself, I'll take it in a heartbeat. Uh, But with every role, there's always specific things. You know, with Clary, for example, it was, oh, this is this show is on my shoulders. This centers around this character, and I have to I have to bring it. I have to carry this thing for a little bit. And then you know, as the other characters and relationships grow, it becomes an ensemble thing, and it's great. But it a lot of it, I have to figure out how to do it. Nineteen years old. Oh, and by the way, I have to fight. And oh, I have to figure out the source material and all these other things. And with Arrow, it's oh, now I'm playing an actual badass who's really quite. Um, a hardcore human being in every sense of the word. Very much so. Uh, which is, you know, I'm I'm a very bubbly, bright person, and she is not. So, you know, you have to find that part of yourself. And it, it with each role, it becomes this this kind of challenge. And, and so I guess my goal with each character is to learn from it, grow from it, accomplish those goals, and really to serve the project to to the best of my ability to play my little role, to be the pawn, to be the cog in the machine, and and serve the greater good of the project. 
I'm going to throw a word at you, and I want to know what your thoughts are. Like, when you hear this word, what do you feel? What are your thoughts on this word? Okay. Quit. I don't know that word. I don't understand the meaning of that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> Something else you have to understand about me is I'm incredibly stubborn. <laughs> to, to a fault. To a fault. Sometimes to my own detriment, often to my own detriment, and I've been told as much by many people. Um... But I won't change it because that's who I am. Because <laughs> that would be quitting, and we're not about that life. Exactly. But that's something that I I do not quit. I've had, for example, my um, the stunt coordinator on Shadowhunters was this insanely talented martial artist. This, he was a stunt man for years, and now he's a stunt coordinator, world class, world champion martial artist wow. in in his heyday. And he would have to stop me. When we were training, he would get, we would get to a point where he'd go, okay, and now you go home and you don't do this anymore for the rest of the day. You promise, you promise, (laughs) at least not much. You take a break at least for a couple hours because he knows I won't, I won't stop. I'll never say die. Mm -hmm. I won't quit, Mm -hmm. but that's just part of who I am. Yeah. And that's how you've gotten to where you are. Exactly. I'm not afraid of hard work. I thrive on it. What drives you in life and work? What keeps you going? You wake up in the morning and you're like, yes, this, and I, this is, this is it. I think something that was instilled in me from a very young age is that every day is an opportunity to, to accomplish something, whether it's to learn something or to grow or to have an adventure or whatever it ends up being, you have the world in front of you. So take it. Have fun. Go do something. Go find something. Go make your live your life to the fullest because nobody else is going to do it for you. And and it's I guess it's that Midwestern work ethic maybe mm-hmm. that that drives me every Absolutely. single day. Maybe also a little bit the fear of stagnance. <laughs> but I think that's healthy. I think that's a good thing. Um, th- I love what I do, and I'm so thankful and so grateful for everything all the opportunities that I've had up until this point, and I want to do everything in my power to continue that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's my pleasure to get up every day and, you know, go train and, and go to these Comic-Cons and talk to people or post something on social media that might make someone smile. Anything I can do to be a positive force in the world, I want to. You are my new favorite person. <laughs> you are. That is, it's, it's amazing. That's it. I almost want to end the show, but we have a few more questions. But that, like, that, if you learn something... If you take one thing away, it's that. Because what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Why not is my question, I guess. Mm-hmm. People say why. I say, well, why not? I'm going to throw another word at you. Give me your definition, your feeling, success. I try not to define it because I don't want to put a ceiling on it. Mm. I, I think that it can be anything you want it to be. I think in the general sense, it's feeling fulfilled as a person, feeling accomplished, feeling happy with your life and with what you're doing. You know, I'm, I have to remind myself and I I think one of my best friends for this, because he is the first person who, I didn't go on a vacation that didn't have anything to do with work for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And last, actually last year this time, he pulled me aside and he goes, I'm taking you to an island you're going to sit on the beach for a week and you're going to do nothing and you're going to like it. And I don't care what you say, but you're not going to do anything for a whole week. And I went, I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can do yeah. that. I don't think that I don't think I can sit on a beach for a week. And I did. And it was the 
best thing awesome. I could have done. I completely relaxed. I completely, but it's, it's about finding that balance for you. Mm-hmm. Because after a week, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I was ready to get back to work. Yep. But I was ready in a way that I'd never been ready before. And that's, I guess success is finding a way to balance all of the, the things you want for your life and to feel fulfilled and established in that, but still have room to grow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, too, when you're too busy, you're, you're filling up a space and not allowing anything else in. Mm-hmm. And so when you're working on such projects and things in life and your brain is completely filled, you're not allowing anything new to come in. And when you take a step back, mm-hmm. sometimes those genius ideas just come and you're like, why could I never think of that? Well, yeah. it's because you were just swarmed <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Exactly. So, and also I feel like when you focus on something too specifically, mm-hmm. you're not open to it coming to you in the way that it's supposed to or in, in a way that you might not expect. And and so I think success, it's different for everyone, but, you know, if you put, if you put something out in the world, it's going to come back to you, but it might not be how you think it is. Mm-hmm. And if you're open to it, you'll find it eventually. And that's that's something else I always try and put out there in the world is, you know, y- your dreams will come to you if you work hard and if you are open to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're too closed off and too bogged down on all the little details, you might it might go right by you and you might miss it. Two questions left. One is someone had in the chat. All right. Do you always want to act? Do you see yourself acting for the rest of your life? Yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to you. Okay. That's, uh, that's what they always say in comedy. You always say yes, and. You never say no. <laughs> um, improv. It's It is good improv. Those are yep. the rules, right? But I, I don't see, foresee a time in my life where I will ever want to stop creating characters and telling stories and, and walking a million different lives and, and figuring out what makes people tick. Um, but that's not the only thing I want to do. I, I definitely want to direct. I, I want to write. I, I want to film. I'm, I'm starting to get into photography as well because I like seeing the world through a lens. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I film photography in the sense oh, wow. that it forces me to have a little bit of patience and mm-hmm. to, to treat each shot as precious because it is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, there's so much more I want to do and so much more I want to put out in the world both creatively and otherwise. So that leads into our last question. It's one of my favorite questions of asking people. And that, well, look at you, like, ready. Look at I'm this. So she's, ready. she's got the, the hand on the chin. She's ready to go. <laughs> In 50, 100 years, people look back on your life. Mm-hmm. Your work, your relationships, your things that you've accomplished. What are two to three things you want people to remember from your life? Kat McNamara, she was... I think overall, I'd like to be... This is a mildly morbid question. <laughs> um, I want to be remembered as... Uh, no, I'd like to be thought of as someone who did unexpected, creative, and diverse work as an actor and otherwise. Someone who made people think about the human experience. I think that's our job as storytellers is to hold a mirror up to our world both in realistic and absurd ways that causes people to look at themselves and at their own experience but also make people think about other people's perspective and and to to really think about the human experience both internally and externally so that's the only way society can grow is if we're Mm -hmm. if it's thrown in our face and we realize oh 
this is something we need to cherish or, oh, this is something we have to change now or the world mm-hmm. is going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, we all have to choose the world we want to live in and I think a lot of that starts in art and, and in that form of expression. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be remembered as contributing to that in some way. I'd like to be seen as a positive force for the world in, in other mm-hmm. ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who who lived her life mm-hmm. and who accomplished something that was fulfilling and that meant something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I can really ask for. Yeah. That's a fantastic. Thank Moving you. forward, there you go. Uh, there you go. Goals. That's goals right there. That's, <laughs> that's your, that's your resolution. That's your life resolution. It is. Do you have yeah. a resolution that you have in 2019? I have a few. I have okay. a few. I am, um, I took Latin in high school. Okay. I really would like to speak another language. Um, so I'd like to work on that. I'm trying to take... Latin or another one? No. No, oh. a language that I can actually speak in colloquially in society. I travel yeah. a lot. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I would like to speak to people in other countries <laughs> and not have to go, I'm really sorry, yeah. do you speak English? Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to say, excuse me, do you speak English in a few languages. Love it. But that's about it. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to take the word like out of my vocabulary. I think it's something that a lot of us do far too much. So I'm trying to do that personally. Also, I... I heard this conversation where somebody was speaking about being vulnerable to joy. And I thought that was such an interesting way of putting it. But it kind of goes back to just being open to having good things happen to you or being being vulnerable enough to let something come into your life, mm-hmm. whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a, a good thing and it brings you great joy or whether it's really difficult and you might get hurt and you learn from it. Yeah. I want to experience that. I, I want to have things happen in my life and I, I want to learn from them and grow from them and, and whether they be good or bad I'll learn something and I'll experience something and that's worthwhile to me it's a great attitude fantastic that's attitude. my 2019 for, for 2019 go for that for 2022 make that a two year because that's that's so good you can have it's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one thank you thank, thank you. you for coming in again for listening before you came in but also I mean for being so honest and just for being a great person thank I you I mean it's amazing to see uh the fan support. I mean, I always love seeing that. And the fan number of fans in the chat and the hundred people that we have watching, keep reaching out on social media. Keep doing the tags because you look at the tags at cat underscore McNamara on Twitter, at cat dot McNamara on Instagram. You can follow me after the show at the only MC. And certainly we are grateful always to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. We're live here every single Monday, except we have one more episode left this season for next week. We are back on Monday with an incredible episode, but you can follow all the previous episodes on podcast. Look it up. I could never be. That's all it is. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're my new favorite person. I'll tell you that again and again. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Go out, be a light. See you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 